Hello, hello, and welcome to The Mental Matchup, a podcast where you hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions a student-athlete will ever face, the matchup against their own mind. Today, I sit down with Caitlin Beacom. Caitlin grew up in Naperville, Illinois, and graduated this past May from Wofford College. She started playing lacrosse in third grade and ultimately medically retired from collegiate lacrosse at the beginning of her senior year. During the episode, Caitlin opens up about her experience with, experience with a loss of identity due to injuries and concussions, and also how these setbacks allowed her to learn how strong she is mentally. Let's get right into it with Caitlin. Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on The Mental Matchup. I am beyond excited to have you on. To kick us off, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do? So um, I just graduated Wofford College. I'm a recent um, recent D1 lacrosse player, and I'm currently at home in Chicago, but I'm hoping to get another um, job opportunity somewhere else. I'm looking at Charleston. We'll see. But that's me right now. Awesome. So what was, did you grow up in Chicago? What was like growing up like? Were you always an athlete? What sports did you play? Um, Well, I say Chicago, but I'm really from Naperville, Illinois. It's easier to say Chicago, but I grew up in Naperville. Um, I have always played sports. That's something that my dad really wanted us to get into. Um, I've tried everything. I just wasn't very good at a lot. (laughs) Um, so lacrosse was really the sport that stuck with me, but I tried soccer and basketball, um, tried volleyball for a little bit. Uh, I did play tennis. I played tennis a little bit in high school. Um, but yeah, lacrosse was really what what I liked and what stuck. What were, what were, or if there were any, like, were there any conversations around mental health in your house, in your community growing up? Was, was there ever any talk about mental health and what, what did that look like? I would say not a lot of talk. Um, It was generally kind of walked around or I don't know the saying but um tiptoed around there we go (laughs) um I think my parents were open to mental health but um in the sport leagues that I was in it wasn't a variable that was touched upon and I think like from my experience in college it was something that was necessary and needed but yeah, in high school, middle school, elementary school, we never really touched on mental health or um, how important mental health is in sports performance. With jumping back a little bit to sports and playing sports, you ultimately played Mm -hmm. at Wofford. Like, what was your experience like with lacrosse or these other sports growing up more so I guess in high school as it becomes more 
specialize. There's a little bit more pressure. You're kind of thinking about maybe playing at the next level. What was your experience like with that? I definitely felt a lot of pressure starting even in middle school about where I was going to go, if I was going to go anywhere for college. Um, you felt like definitely at tournaments too, you would see the co- the college coaches and that pressure of just even seeing them and hearing about colleges already recruiting. It definitely put another level onto the game because now it wasn't just you're playing to have fun or you're playing with your friends. It's now this could be my future and this could be something that ultimately gets me through the education I need and then so on and so on. So I think definitely in high school, I started feeling um, pressure from my parents, pressure from the school, pressure from society, honestly, to know where where I was going to go and what I was going to do. Um, and it did give me a lot of performance anxiety. I know that like most of the time when I was playing in games, some um, I was good at turning it off, but I feel like in practice, I was very jumpy. I was thinking a lot. I was always thinking about the corrections or what I could be doing better. Um, and I guess, honestly, in games, too, it, it was it would leak into games. Like, I would feel like – I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> um, no, that's okay. With, with, like, the overthinking, was that something you kept internally? Like, did you think that that was – just normal, everyone must be having a similar mindset or was this something that you realized at a certain point maybe wasn't the norm to the extent that you were experiencing it? I felt I felt like it wasn't the norm because I compared myself to other girls who were performing the way I knew I probably could have. Um, And I was seeing them and because we didn't talk about the anxiety or the mental health, really, I assumed that they weren't dealing with what I had. And honestly, the the more I did start to understand mental health and psychology and um, be more open to other people's like stories, too, I think I, I started realizing that I'm not alone, but it definitely took a while. What was, I guess, did that kind of carry, was that a consistent theme throughout high school? Like, were you constantly overthinking, overanalyzing, like, all throughout the four years? Was this something that you were able to, I don't know, work through? Like, did this continue in college? Yeah, I definitely did not know how to work through it in high school. I just, I don't think I knew. I didn't have the resources and I didn't know how to. I also didn't feel like I wasn't accepting that I was overthinking. Does that make sense? Like I, (laughs) um, I don't know. Sorry. (laughs) I got distracted. Um, I think once I got to college, I definitely started feeling like, I was starting to notice anxiety more. I was starting to be aware of it, but I still wasn't able to really cope with it. 
in a healthy way. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes sense. I think that it's, I mean, it's challenging to deal with performance anxiety, anxiety, depression, all these things, especially at a young age where you're not quite sure what's going on and like putting right. a name to it is very challenging, especially if, you know, you're in a space where it's not like a normal conversation. Um I think I think that can be very challenging. What what was I guess like your recruiting process like? Was it easy? Was it not easy? How did that kind of play into your mental health? Um, I again avoided the whole pro. Like I tried to avoid the reality of the process. Um, I would put it off as much as I could. And it was really that my, my dad really pushed me to get into the recruiting process. So I would email coaches, but knowing that coaches would come and see, see me play definitely gave me anxiety. And again, there was that pressure to perform and already I'm, I have that internal pressure and I have to live up to these expectations that I set for myself. But then not only now I'm, now I'm placing expectations that I think other people are having so or what they want to see so then it's like that added pressure but um besides that like the recruiting process was pretty normal I would say I um I wasn't sure if I really wanted to play in college because of my experience with anxiety in high school and um just lacrosse in general uh so I started talking to Wofford is my sophomore year and then it kind of fell off um my junior year I found or I had my first concussion and I was out for probably um I would say six or six to eight weeks of the season because I was hit twice um so after that I realized like lacrosse is something that has been a part of my life for so long it feels like a part of me and I couldn't really imagine going to college without it. Um, so I reached back out to the Wofford college coach and luckily she had another um, position left to fill. So I was able to commit uh, the beginning of, I think it was a summer going into my senior year. And yeah. And so from there you, you went to Wofford. What was, and let me know if I'm missing anything in high school, but what was ultimately your freshman year like in college? I know the transition can be extremely challenging. I think like being away from home and playing a sport and figuring out how to do school. And I like joke about this, but like figure out a routine where you're making sure you're mm. eating food and you're getting to bed on time. And it can be hard when you don't have people being like, yeah, it's, it's bedtime or like, yeah, dinner's on the table. Um, what was freshman year like? Uh, it was really challenging. Um, I remember having, again, a lot of anxiety when my parents dropped me off. I was also in ROTC too. So um, being in ROTC first, it was like the first weekend going to school. I had to go 
like a few days before some of my teammates. So I was a little um, nervous about that and not knowing anyone. Um, but yeah, the first, the first year was hard. It was hard to adjust. It was kind of a culture shock just because, um, I mean, I've been, I've lived in Chicago area my whole life and then never really lived anywhere else. And then going to South Carolina, it was very different. Um, it was a smaller school, smaller school too. So, um, a lot of people already knew each other. A lot of people were around that area. So it was different and it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was challenging. (laughs) What was your mental health like during that first year? Um, very low. It was, I think it was probably one of the toughest years I've personally had. Um, coming from high school with like a bigger group of friends and knowing them since elementary school, it was really scary to go to a different school, um, far away from home. I didn't really have the option to go home. I was in a sport. So again, like the time or the, the travel time was hard but also like I didn't have the time at all to go home and see my family freshman year sounds like it was really hard but it also sounds like lacrosse was a good thing lacrosse helped her like I guess like what what role did the sport play like something that has been in your life for so long how was that your freshman year I expected it to be amazing and something that like was my lifeline um but I got injured really I think in the beginning of the school year and I was I was in and out of practice that fall um I went to doctors and no one really knew what happened or um wasn't coming up on the MRI so I felt alone in that aspect because the doctors were telling me nothing's wrong and then my teammates weren't understanding they tried to understand, but they, it's just like in that, exp- when I, when you don't know someone for that long too, like you don't really know who they are or what their character is or um, what they stand for. So it's like kind of difficult to truly understand um, and empathize. We're going to take a quick break and we'll get back to Caitlin in a moment. I'd like to take a second to talk about Morgan's message, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Our mission is simple, amplify stories, resources, and expertise to strengthen student-athlete mental health, building a community by and for athletes through peer-to-peer conversations and provide a platform for advocacy. Our vision is to eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health within the high school and collegiate student-athlete communities. Equalize the treatment of physical and mental health in athletics, normalize conversations in safe spaces, and encourage peer-to-peer communications. If you want to get in touch, if you want to find out more, get involved, you can head to morgansmessage.org or follow along on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, 
or Twitter at Morgan's Message. With that, let's get back to Caitlin. I think being injured can be hard, especially as a freshman, where to your point, being new, not really having these relationships, it can be a challenge. Um, What, I guess, like, was there any key learnings through that initial, like, injury at all? It was definitely, it felt like a loss of identity, almost. Like, I, someone I was for so long, everything feels different. Everything is is different. I'm in a new environment. I am a different person. I'm older. I have more experiences. I have different experiences. Um, It was when reality hit and I understood that, things were different it was challenging to kind of get over that and like it felt like a lack of control and when I feel a lack of control my anxiety kicks in I feel my depression kicks in and I try in some way to control a situation so like with that I learned I didn't learn but I started controlling the way I looked and how I ate and that was really how I knew to con- how to control the situation um and like over time I think I learned obviously that it's not a healthy way to cope with with that um I learned how I learned how to build strength within myself I think and it took a while it took a few years to do that but tearing my hip labrum that first year and then going through surgery um it definitely pushed me in the right direction to find strength within myself yeah I want to talk about that injury Mm -hmm. at what point in the year I guess did did you get surgery and realize that like wow like I'm I'm out for a bit like this isn't just like a rest elevate ice it situation it's like you need to do something that you've probably never done before which is go under like the knife in surgery and it's it's really scary yeah I finally found a doctor um he specializes in hips and it was right before COVID right before we got yeah we got sent home um and he was like yeah it's it's been torn it there's um it's a hip impingement and hip labrum tear. So he had to go in and fix um, not only like the hip structure, but repair the, the labrum and then take out bone spurs that were happening because of the rubbing and eh, all that. <laughs> um, but because we got sent home for COVID, I went home knowing that I should get surgery, but I didn't know when or how. So that was also um, kind of crazy having to, kind of sit around and just deal with it but um we finally scheduled it for the end of May so I went back down to South Carolina was able to once the restrictions or the quarantine was lifted um I was able to go back down 
and get it fixed. And then I was doing PT throughout the whole summer. Um, yeah, I came back in the fall and it was, it was exciting, I think, because I was finally like, I'm going to actually be able to play. I'm going to actually be able to play with my friends and like start getting back into the role of who I felt like I was. Um, what? So, so not to cut you off, but before, yeah, yeah, yeah. before we jump too far ahead, like what was your mindset like going into the surgery? Like I, I kind of asked this question with, I had, I had some hip surgeries as well. And, and I know one of my mindset in two or one of the surgeries was so different than the other two. And I think it, yeah, you're nodding your head. Like I, I think it completely (laughs) changed the outcome for me. So what can you speak to that? Like, what was your mindset going into it? I think before I went into it, I was like, this sucks. This, I was, yeah, that it sucks that it's not fun. That why is this happening to me? But once I, once it was planned, and once I knew I was getting it, I was nervous because I'd never done it. I'd never gone under before, but I started realizing that, like, this is a really cool opportunity to grow from. And, like, I almost challenged myself to, like, well, you're going to be better than you are right now in six months. And that's a cool, that's a cool way to look at it. And that was what kept me going throughout PT and, like, everything after surgery was just knowing that like every day I'm going to get it 1% better and that's all that mattered in that moment. And I'm going to feel better. I'm going to do better. Um, I tried keeping just a very optimistic mindset about it. How did you stay optimistic on days where maybe it didn't feel like you were getting better? Um, I definitely had a lot of those days in like PT where I was like what's happening why isn't it going faster but I was reading a lot of self-help books too um during that time and I think one of one of my favorite books is called Untethered Soul um and I try to live by that book and what he talks about but essentially he talks about staying open to the universe and um, I try as hard as it is to stay open and like to accept um, that things there's a purpose for things Um, yeah I had to just keep telling myself that not that there's a reason for bad things happening but like that there's a purpose for these challenging moments and it sucks in the moment, but I'm going to just get better and grow from it. I just had to keep telling myself that. That's a great mindset to have. And it is hard. And I know some some people sometimes meet that with like, well, you're living in la-la land. Yeah. And I know like I I get into modes where like I'm like, oh, this stinks, this stinks. Like there's there isn't a positive – but I'd rather, and then I quickly am like, well, I can either like sit in the suck or I can like focus on the things that are going well. 
And those tend to like multiply when you count Mm. your blessings, which it's very easy to get in like the suck tornado where once you start saying like, it's like, I don't know, it's the same, it's the same thing on both sides. Like once you start thinking about the things that suck, it's like you can name one right after the other. And all of a sudden you're naming things that you think suck, but don't actually, you're just like giving them a little bit more power. And on the flip side, when you start thinking about things you're grateful for, or things that don't suck and went really well during your day, all of a sudden it's like you have a list of 20 things. Um, And so I think that's like two sides of the same coin. Like you get to kind of pick, you get to choose your adventure. And so why not choose the positive one, even though it's very challenging to do at times and it can be very hard. I am jumping a tiny bit, but just thinking about gratitude. My friend, um, I was in a really really bad place I think all of my junior year and she noticed and she was like do this activity and it was a hundred gratitudes and I started doing it and I started writing it and I started writing even more than a hundred and just having her push me to do that and recognize that I have so much to be grateful for really helped me get out of that like again like that this all stinks mindset and try to reframe it in like a I have so many things to be grateful for. Like things can be good. Things will be good kind of mindset. hundred percent. All right. Now we'll get back to, to where we were. So your post-surgery, you're feeling good. I'm guessing you're cleared for contact for playing. You get back to school. How does sophomore year go? Um, I actually wasn't, I wasn't cleared until I think Christmas break. Oh wow! Um, my sophomore year, yeah. So that's honestly fall. great that they took their time in clearing you. I yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Did you? So you said you had hip surgeries. Yeah, I've had three. Okay. Um, How long did it take for you? The first one, there. I want to say it was like three and a half months, and I was running. Wow! Yeah. Yeah, or that might be a lie. I'm trying to think when I got – no, I would say around June and I got the surgery in February. Yeah, I was, like, cleared for contact by July and I was playing in pickup games. And I honestly think that was part of part of my healing was, like, part of the not healing was jumping into things really quickly. The second surgery I had was way different. Like, non-weight bearing on crutches for six weeks. Didn't even think about running until, like – month five or six like jogging like in one of the either a pool or like a big treadmill so it was like a way different experience which we only learned through the first one and how my body was reacting because everyone's bodies are so different and recovery is gonna look rehab recovery is gonna look so different for everyone um yeah but back to you you're the the centerpiece (laughs) of this of this episode so you so you weren't cleared, but you're back at school and you were feeling optimistic, excited about year two. Yes, I was very optimistic. Um, again, I was reading a lot of like self-help books and focusing on, I think I was focusing too much on food and the way I looked. So a little unhealthy in that way, but I was trying to be healthy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was more in the mindset of like, 
nothing can stop me. I, I am going to do great things and um, this year is mine and all this. And um, slowly, slowly it went away going into that spring season just because I was disappointed. I didn't really play. I didn't have the opportunity to. Well, yeah, like as a sophomore, I was just couldn't play yet. Um, so that kind of, <laughs> I hate saying, we. I keep saying sucks, stinks, whatever. It was not fun. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I think coming back from injury too, not only did you like miss that fall, which can be like such a strong foundational part of the year, but then, you know, not necessarily playing outside of practice can be hard mentally, especially when you're, you know, putting in the hours and all of that. It's, it's hard to grasp, especially when you're coming from probably a background where you're used to playing every minute of every game. Like, I think that's one of the harder things about transitioning to college is that roles change and you kind of have to adapt to the role that you're given and make the most out of it. But no one really, I think people say it, but no one really explains like what that means and why you're still so important, even if, you know, you're a scout team player and you're on the bench for however many games. Um, So sophomore year sounds like it was, it was good, but there was some sticky points. How, how was junior year? So, so actually, okay. So sophomore year, that spring, I was diagnosed with PTSD. Um, after, can I say it? Can I talk about it? Yeah. Say what? Okay. Totally. Um, so after I was in a apartment complex because of COVID and I went up to my apartment, there was a bunch of police officers. Everything was like, um, taped off in front of my window and it's kind of weird that we were let up into our apartment. Um, and I see my roommate, uh, my boyfriend was with me and we looked out the window just cause like what's going on. <laughs> um, and we saw someone who had decided or what's the, what's the right term for it? Um, died by suicide in her car. And, um, I remember, I remember seeing everything, um, seeing how the police officers acted, how people were acting, like not videotaping her, but like the the scene. And that was just a moment where I was like, what is happening? Like, how can people act this way? Like, um, it took me a really long time to understand that what I had seen and what was happening was trauma. So I wasn't, well, actually, yeah, PTSD, I wasn't diagnosed until that summer, but um, that experience definitely changed me as a person and how I acted and um, my relationships with other people. I was irritable, um, anxious, and depressed and all of those other emotions, and it was just very overwhelming. So going home that junior year, um, it was it was still when I really, or yeah, junior year, going into junior year summer, and then that fall, I was still processing, but not really, like, I didn't know how to, um, 
and I definitely was at another low point junior year fall um that was when my friend helped me get out of that place and like notice that this is wasn't who I was and um use the gratitudes as an example of like your my life is not as terrible as I was making it out to be (laughs) you said you were diagnosed like were you seeing a doctor were you seeing a therapist did anything kind of help I don't know I don't know if maybe manage is the right term like manage with that PTSD and what you were kind of feeling and, and what you were experiencing? I started seeing a therapist, um, I think the beginning of that sophomore spring semester. And so I was seeing her when it happened and going to her was probably one of the best decisions I've made. She was amazing and helped me. She talked through it with me, um, helped me understand it. I had seen her up until I graduated, so two and a half years I was with her, Um, and yeah, I don't know. She definitely helped me manage it in ways like I don't think I would have been able to by myself. Just having another support system, too, someone outside of my, like, close bubble. Yeah. um, Who could just listen was, yeah, it was amazing to have that. Yeah, I think listening and having someone validate and then also give you tools to help digest and manage the day-to-day is so empowering and kind of gives you some of that control back of, you know, your emotions and your thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. What was what was the rest of your junior year like? Like what else did you experience? Did it go up? Did it go down? I think both. (laughs) I think throughout my whole experience, it was a bunch of ups and downs. And that's another thing I learned too. Like it, I can focus so easily on the downs, but the small moments in like the happy moments with my friends or what I try to remember about my experience. But to get back to your question, um, that spring I think was really difficult because our team environment with our coach was not the best. It was sort of, it was negative. It became toxic. So like as a team, we, felt closer than I think we've ever been but with our coach it just it wasn't a great environment to be in um so again it was taking small moments outside of lacrosse and with my friends or like small fun moments in practice um those were my ups but overall the the environment was not something I wish it was yeah, yeah. I think I think it can be hard. Like play, playing a sport can be really hard. It can be very rewarding and incredible, but also there are some hard moments just like I think with a lot of things, you know, in life, but it's yeah, I don't know. I also think you throw a bunch of young young women on a team and throw in like the pressure of school and everything else and then coaches who 
may not be educated in different facets of, you know, mental health and performance, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you name it. And and there can be a lot of different outcomes and different environments formed. So what, like, I guess it was, was PTSD in dealing with kind of this like isolating feeling, did that follow you throughout the year? How are you, I guess, how, how did you manage it? Are you still managing it today? Um, it definitely, I definitely still feel some, um, some remnants of it. Uh, I definitely became codependent right afterwards just because I was nervous to be by myself and I felt like I could no longer be by myself but as the year went on and like as this year went on I definitely gained more confidence in myself um Morgan's message really helped me and I think like if I had never had found Morgan's message or wanted to bring it to Wofford and have that group that I did who helped me like they were my executive board they helped me bring it onto campus if I never had that I don't think I would be in a as good of a place I am today that warms my heart to (laughs) to hear that um how I mean I feel like we've touched on a lot of a lot of your collegiate experiences but how was the rest of your college experience at Wofford? I wish my senior year was how my whole experience was because I finally felt like I belonged somewhere. I felt like I had a purpose. I felt like our team environment was amazing. We had a new coach and she did like, she did amazing work with our team this year. Um, our team was closer. Again, Morgan's message really helped me gain confidence. I had never been a good presenter. I still don't feel super great about presenting or talking in front of people, but that pushed me to be able to talk to more people in front of people. Um, yeah, I'm definitely proud of who I am and my experiences and everything that happened this senior year. What do you think was the difference maker in this year being the best year out of all of them? Honestly, being more open and vulnerable to to myself and to other people. Like the moment that I started sharing my mental health stuff with other people was when I felt like people were opening up to me. And we were having these real conversations about how normal mental health is. And I feel like I was building a really great support system for myself and hopefully for other people. I hope that Morgan's message continues to do that, at least that our chapter at Wofford, like continues to do that for the athletes there. But yeah. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Um, I know we're coming up on time. Is there anything that 
you want to touch on or talk about before I ask some closing questions? I don't think so. Then we will get sure. <laughs> then we will get into closing questions. Um first question, if you could go back to when like past self Caitlin was struggling the most and you could say give one piece of advice to her, what would that piece of advice be? Um there's so much to choose from. <laughs> I would say, honestly, keep your head up. I think that's such a cliche thing to say. Um, but keep keep pushing, keeping strong, keep keep doing you, and everything will work out the way it's supposed to. I think that's great. I don't think it's cliche. I think, like, okay. every, yes, <laughs> we should keep going. Last closing question second and last closing question actually I don't know if those two things can be true but but they will be tonight <laughs> what are you most grateful for I'm really grateful for all the experiences positive and negative because the person that I was going into Wofford is not the same person I am today and the reason why I am so passionate about mental health now is because of my experiences and it's pushed me in the direction of where I want my career to go. And I hope that in my future that I'm helping athletes in a way that I wish that I, that our school had the resources for. Um, but yeah, I, I hope to make a difference in other people's lives so that they don't necessarily have to experience what I did. That's incredible. I, yeah, that's, that's incredible. And I'm, I'm in awe. I, I'm so grateful that you could come on the mental matchup and chat about you and your experiences and, you know, what you've gone through because it has been a lot in a really short period of time. Um, So I'm just so grateful. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. A huge thank you to Caitlin for coming on The Mental Matchup and talking so much about her experience and being so honest and vulnerable, you know, throughout her journey with PTSD, mental health, um, the sport of lacrosse, concussions, and how she ultimately learned about being compassionate towards herself, which helped her overall mental and physical wellness. Another huge thank you to Caitlin. Um, if you are listening and you want to share your story, get in touch, learn more, you can head to morgansmessage.org, click on the mental matchup. If you want to get involved with Morgan's Message, you can head to morgansmessage.org or you can follow along on Instagram at morgansmessage. With that, we will see you next episode. Mm-hmm.